You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, Oh, baby. Oh, boy. Emotions all over the place. Look at that. It's good. What is uh, Jimmy V said? Every day you should be moved to tears. You should be overjoyed. And I can't remember what the other thing is. But you should feel a lot of different emotions. It's good. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go! <laughs> Presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DMVR whenever you sign up. Bet along with us. Gamble along with us. Maybe lo- lay some money down on the Denver Nuggets to win the championship next season. Not quite there. Not quite to that level of, like, you know, uh, ready to bet on them. But the Nuggets did make a big and, I think, important trade today. Sending out Will Barton and Monte Morris. Bringing in Contavious Caldwell, Pope, and Ish Smith. We're going to break all of that down as well as talk about what else is left to be done for the Nuggets. There's more moves now as you head into free agency. How do you complete the roster? Where are they most efficient? And obviously, what does this trade itself mean for the future of the Nuggets? To help me do that, I got Superstar Dev, man. I got him all the way out of the house for this. Yeah, I can't believe that you guys did something like this. I feel like I was forced. <laughs> you kind of were. forced. I looked at the news. I said, oh, today's the day. Today is the day. <laughs> it's tough for Dev, too. There's a new Warzone map out, so this is not easy. This I don't even know what easy. that means. What's all right. like, like, the chat does. Is it? Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, the chat knows. Uh, over here, I've got Brendan Vote. I am ready to bet on the Nuggets. In fact, I did. Let's do this. <laughs> so the big news, of course, a trade that's already been done. I mean, this is how quickly things move. Uh, Will Barton. We, we knew for a while that Will Barton, KCP, that was the dream deal. I, you know, talked about on the show, I believe yesterday or the day before, that that deal to me, I had been told, I had been informed, was no longer viable. That was not going to be one. Maybe it was on the the table for the previous regime at a previous moment in time, be it the trade deadline or last summer, that there was some interest for that. I was told last week that, hey, I don't think that, you know, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Obviously, these two teams have been talking. So what do you have to do? You have to include Monte Morris. I look at this trade more as Monte Morris for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I think that's the lateral move. And then you have Will Barton and Ish Smith coming back. you got to bring back another point guard. If you're going to lose Monte Morris, you bring back Ish Smith. I've heard some people speculate, will he or won't he be waived? I don't expect that. I don't think that don't he is think, going yeah, to be maved. Like he's he's going to be on the team. Is that going to be in a backup point guard position or third string? TBD, we'll find out. But the big news is that the Nuggets now feature Contavious Caldwell Pope, who I'm not saying will certainly be the starting shooting guard. Free agency is still out there. We'll see if Denver makes another big splash. But he is a capable starting shooting guard for the Nuggets. Shoots the ball as a defensive player. Dev, give me your immediate reaction when you saw this trade. Immediately, I was just like, about time. Like, I really feel like it was the time for Will Barton to, to make his departure that everyone anticipated for multiple years it finally um came into fruition um and then also kcp has been linked to denver for so long that i was just like hey there has to be something that's truly there right. maybe it was just about timing now the timing is here and it actually made sense on both both ends that i was like okay now it's going to happen now that it's here i think that it's good like on, on all parts i think for all parties it was like the right decision and I feel like the the Nuggets get better because it answers a lot of things that they desperately wanted and needed. And then also I feel like with Will Barton, it's a it's a new um you know, just a, a blank canvas for him where he gets to try to make himself um, you know, more and then Monte Morris. I feel like this is something that he just wanted to do as well. Like as far as he 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 looked at the roster, he seen that it was gonna be um, you know, a back 
you know, he was going to be on the back end or a backfield for there, and he was going to have to take the back seat, and I don't think that he was ready for that. So now he gets an opportunity to prove that he's a um, uh, a good guard in the league that can be a starter for someone else. So right. there was a lot of feelings, a lot. <laughs> what about you? End of an era for sure. It's, you know, between Gary Harris departing and now Will, and then you toss in Monte as well, kind of a slightly different different generation than Will and Monte in terms of the Nuggets thing. It's not, though. I but actually agree with you that Gary, of, Gary Will, Monte, it does feel like a generation. There's a, a version class. of the Nuggets. The era of innocence is gone as, yeah. as far as the team building thing. And this is what Calvin Booth talked about when he said he was going to make unpopular moves, being willing to trade a fan favorite and the other guy, a polarizing player, but also the longest tenured Nugget. So right. these were not, I think, um, flippant shakeups. Right. You know? These are uncomfortable, unpopular moves. But my second thought is, as much as I defended Will, I did watch the playoffs like everyone else. I think they got closer to a title today. I think they, I think they sent out arguably more talent than right. they got back. I agree. I mean, Monte's better than Ish. I agree. Um, and you know, Will is comparable to KCP at this point, even if he's a little cooked physically. But it's not about the total talent right now. Denver has the talent, and uh, even I recognize they needed something different at two. Here's the deal: this was Denver's guy. That KCP, this was their target. And no trade, even good ones, come without a cost. So the money worked with Will. It probably was going to take more assets. Once they burned those picks, it was going to have to be something like this. I think every fan base views trades as the 60-40 thing. Like, can they get the deal where it's 60-40 more favorable to you? So you look at a guy like Barton and you think, can we trade Barton for KCP straight up? That would be a 60-40 deal, I think, for most people, especially when you talk about, you know, I'm not sure how much Wes Unseld, he coached Will Barton. You know, he's a defensive-minded coach. Yeah. That's a guy on an expiring deal. I don't know that if you're a, a coach like him, if you're looking for an expiring veteran who's not necessarily known as a defender. So, okay, like, that would have been a 60-40 deal. The way it is now, from a talent standpoint, probably a 60-40 the other the way. Other like, way. Denver yep. is throwing this out. <coughs> So I think fans always look at that and they think, okay, well, I don't like this. And then every now and then, there's somebody that gets a late first-round pick and you get Jeremy Grant. The Nuggets got that once sure. upon a time, and then now Portland gets it. So everybody looks at it, the best sort of value in a vacuum transactions that happen and say that's the ideal trade scenario. And I think it's fair. Like, look, the best executives are the ones that s somehow manage to always make those types of deals or at least make them frequently. And sometimes you make it and you win executive of the year, this or that. I think the more important way to look at this trade, and I think every move that the Nuggets make now, I think those value propositions, by the way, are much more important when you're talking about a top player or a number two guy. Like if you were to trade, just for an example again, if you were to trade a Jamal Murray, you wouldn't want to trade him for a player that you felt was lesser sure, or for sure. two pieces or whatever. If you traded a player of that caliber, you would want it to be equal value. When you start to get into role players, bench guys, the value part I think matters <laughs> a lot less. Yep. What does matter is fit. And to Brendan's point, the Nuggets needed defense. Calvin Booth, I can say this with full confidence, both because of speaking to him quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, the team is going to be adding defensive players to this roster. Like every player you come in, they're going to ask themselves a question. In a playoff series, are they going to be a guy we can't play anymore? You might already have enough of those guys between Jokic, Michael Porter, Bones Island that, okay, you don't see teams that have four, five, six guys that can't play in a playoff series. The rest of the roster is going to be defensive guys. Barton was that guy. Barton's defense has really fallen off. He's 31 years old. He's been through some injuries. I don't think he could be a, a defensive player. Monte Morris, a great player, to your point, probably more is used in this way as an asset. He himself maybe wanted a bigger role. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is not getting played off of the floor in a playoff series. In fact, he's going to start for Denver. And I put this on Twitter, and I really believe it. KCP is on the starting lineup next to Murray, MPJ, Gordon, and Jokic. I think that's the best five-man lineup of the Jokic era. And I don't actually think it's particularly close. Well, the regular season numbers, they've had some monster units, plus 13, plus 14. Is it going to be like that? I don't know. I just think in a playoff series, Denver has fewer holes now in their starting lineup than ever before and should be better positioned to not get scored on 50 points two times, three times by Donovan Mitchell. Damian Lillard goes for 55. They should be better positioned to not be vulnerable to those types of things while not losing, in my opinion, any of the offense. Yeah, when you look at it uh, from the Kroenke standpoint, um, and even Calvin Booth, you you just look at it from a lens of did Denver get better? If they if not, did they like how right. much worse than they did they get? 
I don't think that Denver got worse. And also on top of that, they are going to save some money. They got rid of a starter in Monte Morris, who's not going to be a starter next year. You get rid of a starter in Will Barton, who has not. I mean, he's performed Should, as a starter. Shouldn't have been a starter for Denver. Shouldn't have been a starter. And then you bring in KCP, who is a starter, who does also answer things yeah. that you needed right. already. So defense and size was like what you needed. You also needed a shooting guard. And now you don't have to answer those type of things. There was going to be a, a log jam at point guard next year where you have to answer where are we going to put Monte Morris? Is Monte Morris going to play a lot, you know, this year? Um, is it worth spending this money to to keep a guy that's going to be a backup? Now what do we do with Bones? There was a lot of questions that were going to come um, with Monte Morris, let alone all the questions that were going to come with Will Barton of, do you bench him for the entire time? Is he good enough to actually play and be a part of the rotation? Do you just get rid of him for no money coming in on the next year? There were just so many questions that you don't have those questions anymore. And Denver, even if you say that they didn't get better, in your opinion, did they get worse? And the answer is no, and you stay under that luxury tax, which I feel like Cronky, that's where he steps in to say, hey, make the team better, but don't go um, crazy. And I don't think that they did. <laughs> Somebody in the comments yeah. here saying Adam Jokic is a great defender. Look, guys, I'm the captain of this take. Like, I've been saying this since 2016, 17. The point is, in a playoff series, is there something you can't do at a high level that a team can pick at? And the answer for Jokic is always going to be yes, because the answer for almost every single center Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, all these great centers is yes. If you get them out on an island one-on-one, -on -one, are you vulnerable? Jokic, the answer is yes, too. So that's all I mean. You're right. And just like 95% of defense, Jokic is elite. And in, in some areas, he's like some of the best. Like as a post-up defender, one of the best in the NBA. As a rebounder, one of the best in the NBA. The question was, can you build a defense now around him so that when teams run pick and roll, you don't have to switch it? That you can maybe try to fight around it and you have other guys that can switch around on the perimeter to mitigate that. That's all I mean by that. And with Jokic, it's always going to be the case. Yeah, and I, there's another comment in Until the chat the there rules. that, by the way, like evaluating the team as it stands now, better or worse, there are more slots to fill. There's a rest of an offseason right. to figure out here. We'll get to that. That's a, that's the most interesting marginal part of all moves, this. Marginal moves, but important we'll moves. I don't even know how marginal. I actually think almost equal to the KCP move. I mean, their we'll starters there. are filled out, so I would call it marginal, but there are still there's still work they can I'll, do. I'll, to, I'll just say that to, to the starters are filled out. Probably. Okay. Um Probably. We just talked about him as a starter for five minutes. Maybe they get another better player. I think, I think he is a starter, but what I have a, I'll make the point a little bit later. Sure, sure. The, but um, I do want to say there is some cost to this trade in, in, in terms of the regular season nuggets. I think they are – I prefer this balance of skill sets. I, to be very clear, right. I think they are closer to a title, but I would like to outline the cost. This is two playmakers out the window, right? and obviously they moved on from Faku, right call, and he wasn't going to factor that much in anyway. If Bones Highland, the second-year player who had some ankle issues his first year, turns an ankle, right? You know, like Ish Smith is more of a scoring guard. They they are a little limited in yeah. playmakers. There is, you know, Monte Morris was depth for Jamal coming off an injury and depth in this skill set. Right. Still think they're better off. It's time to set yourself up for the playoffs. But there is some give and take here, and right. that could rear its head in the regular season. Depth, depth as well. I think depth is another thing. Like <laughs> yeah. Monte and, and Barton, as much as Barton was a defensive liability, he's still like a player that is in your rotation pretty firmly and can do a 15, bunch of different things. Three. Like 15, like that guy plays. That yeah, guy he plays, plays in people's rotation. And Monte Morris, same thing. Like even in a playoff series, he's very firmly in it. Like Ish Smith might not be in your playoff rotation. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about him here really quickly about what, what kind of to expect from him. So there's no question about it. Denver does have the other thing this trade opens up. You now have a 9.1 traded player exception, which means Denver can make a deal, now a trade, whereby they bring back $9.1 million in salary without sending anything out for, you know, in that deal. So Denver can basically add through a trade a player making $9 million. There's a lot of guys out there that could fit that, including in, in like sign-and-trade type deals. You also have the mid-level exception, which, by the way, maybe the full mid-level exception with the salary cap news, maybe just the traded player one, which would be 6.3. So Denver basically has two, I would say they are positioned to be able to bring in two players. They might only end up using the MLE, but I think that they are positioned now to be able to add two pretty good pieces yeah. to this roster to fill out the rest of this, as well as the veteran minimums and any other trades that you make. You could end up trading a player like a Zeke Naji or a Jemai, uh, Jeff Green and bringing back another player that way. So Denver does have, I think, the ability to replenish that depth Yes, uh, in some other areas. Good but point. to me, the big thing is Denver now has a five-man unit that I feel pretty good about. They do have some, some holes to fill here or there, but they have a five-man unit that, to me, that's the most important thing in a playoffs, both a starting five-man unit and, I would say, 
a closing five-man unit that has the ability right now to switch one piece. Like if you need to have Bones Highland yes. in there for yes. somebody else, you have the ability to do that. Or you have the ability to, you know, obviously have KCP in there. The question will become here in the second segment about whether they have a defensive small forward option because I think it's the last piece. Murray's going to close. Gordon's going to close. Yoko's going to close. The 2-3, you can go offense. You can go defense to either of those spots, and I think that's one of the pieces they're missing. Yeah, they, they probably are missing that. But also, I think a, a key piece that you discussed is now you have so many interchangeable pieces that if a person does go down like a Bones Highland who doesn't have that playmaker – at least they have guys that can just fill in and be okay. I think that that was a, a big part of it is just having guys, especially first off, you answer the playoff. Um, and that's what they, you know, they want to be contenders. They want to be, um, you know, champions. That That's right. the biggest piece. If you're not answering that, you're not really doing anything for um, Jokic in his prime right now. So the regular season, not to say to throw it out, but also you have guys that are, are going to be ready for a playoff um, atmosphere. Bless you're going to, you know, answer the defensive piece. So now with that MLE, that's probably what you go after. That's like your whole purpose. So now things are starting to line. Things are starting right. to come into place. So now that you have one guy that you have to fill in or um, one specific role that it makes it okay. So I think that this was a um, like a, a long-term decision that they made right now off of two guys that were pretty much on a short term. Like I feel like Barton was going to leave after this year no matter no what. No question. Monte Morris wanted you know a bigger wanted role more. no matter yeah. what. So why not get rid of it now where you have a long-term piece? With Monte in particular, you also have Bones Highland they're ready to go and take over that role to some extent. He's a different player, but I do think there's a little bit of like you, when you get a championship team, you can't really have redundancy, especially offensively. And there was a little bit of redundancy there. Yeah, I like sure. those two guys together. I think they would have been good in the regular season, but a little bit of redundancy sure. and a little bit of the same weaknesses that we'll see if Denver addresses. Can we bring in Harrison now in this first segment? I know I told him segment two, but are you ready, Harrison? If I just bring you in now and um, he's always ready. No, he is always ready. I can't hear him though, but let me see here. Are you there with us, Harrison? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, my God. You're in the master suite again, the painting behind the wall. <laughs> Look at this. Back uh, back to your old self. Um, you heard us talking. What did we miss? Um, I I think you guys hit a lot of the top bullet points. Uh, he, he's going to be a great fit on offense. KCP is. He's going to be a more natural fifth option. Right, I agree. On the offensive end of the floor, too. He's going to just be a smoother fit yeah as that fit option as that fifth option i think something you missed maybe you hit it right off the top i don't know the championship pedigree i mean this guy was playing with the wizards last year he just won a championship with the lakers two years ago right, sure, i think right. that's something he's a big game player he's at home in those type of environments you can trust him there so i think this is a great trade but like you guys said, the biggest takeaway here is it improved the Nuggets defense, which is the number one thing Denver and Calvin Booth had to do this offseason. They had to get better defensively, and they did that absolutely today. It's funny. To win the trades, anytime you make an offense for defense move, you're probably going to lose the trade because defense is unsexy and offense is what people think. And so losing a Monte and a Barton, those are guys that you look at, again, the points per game, the assists per game, and you look at that and go, man, these guys are capable. Now, KCP is a good offensive player. He's not a bad one. He actually shoots the ball really well. From the corner. And I think from the corner, from all over the court, I know his corner number is something like 45% three points for the corner or something like that, but he's a good shooter from every spot. And more importantly, like a low usage one, I think it'll, it'll actually keep the ball moving maybe even a little bit better than a will barton but more importantly it's just he's a defensive upgrade and those moves are always going to be a little bit less sexy even drew holiday when you remember when drew holiday got traded people thought like even us we questioned if it was good because defense just gets so undervalued so i think that's a big part of everything calvin booth has done including by the way peyton watson and ismail kamagate whatever you think of those moves he's clearly trying to say we're going to have Jokic, porter bones murray and 11 defensive players that's the future of the denver nuggets it's like we got our four offensive guys everybody else needs to be at the very least a two-way player if not straight defense um let's take a break on the other side here though um i want to talk about what's left to do because when the draft happened we said let's wait and see what happens with trades and free agency now you have the draft and you have your first trade i think we're two i can see a very bright timeline for Denver. I could see something that I really like. I could also see the Nuggets maybe not fulfilling that oh, no. and it being really disappointing still. Oh, no. So 
Um, let's go on the other side and talk about what's left to be done. We know it's going to happen at UFC 276. Someone's going to win. It could be via the calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie. You know these moves, Dev. There are a lot of ways to come out on top in the octagon. And for UFC 276, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. There's one more way to win. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win. You get $100 in free bets, win or lose, which is curious. You should take that deal. Remember, you can always use same game parlays to turn a smaller bet into a big payday, combine multiple bets. The more legs you have, the more money you can win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code DNVR, bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know what's really important, guys? Taking care of your teeth. You know what's surprisingly easy to forget? How important it is to take care of your teeth. When's the last time you've been to the dentist, fellas? If it's been too long, or ladies, I just assume fellas are worse at hygiene. Uh, <laughs> then check out Green Mountain Dental Group because they've been our friends for a long time. They're the best owned, family owned dentist in the metro and they've got a sweet deal for our listeners. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you go. Bing, bang, boom, win, win. Check out Green Mountain Dental Group and let them know we sent you. All right, back here now to what I think is the most interesting part of all of these moves. So the Nuggets now draft Christian Brown. They get Peyton Watson, who's the project. They get Ismail Kamagate. They now move on from Monte and from Barton. Kind of out of out of assets in terms of draft capital. You look at the players that from this point going forward could be traded. I think Jeff Green is the most likely person that you would look at. I think Zeke Naji is maybe the second most likely remaining player that you say, hey, maybe they move on from him. Um, so those are your trade assets. And then you look at, they opened up that 9.1 traded player exception. They've got the uh, MLE to be able to work with, taxpayer MLE most likely. Um, they've got those two levers. I think what they need now, if you look at this, actually I want to start this way. Let's say that's the starting lineup. I like it. You go to the second unit right now. Your backcourt trio basically looks like Ish Smith, Bones Highland, Christian Brown. With one of those guys being off the bench, likely Christian Brown right away. Probably going to sign Davon Reed for a minimum. You've got Zeke Naji at small forward and Jeff Green or at power forward and Jeff Green at power forward. And then you've got no center. Then you got Peyton Watson, Kamagate, those are like and then uh, Gillespie. Those are all project guys not expected to count on. I look at this and I go, do I like a future in which Christian Brown beats out Ish Smith? And then you have Bones and Christian Brown as a backcourt. I actually like that. I don't know if the timeline's going to work out. It could be year one, though. That's it possible. could be year it's one, possible, and I would be really excited about that. Like that, you've got defense and shooting, and you've got playmaking and 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 shot creation from Bones. Like that's almost a perfect second unit. So I kind of like that prospect. Do you feel? I'll go to you first, Terry Harrison. Do you feel like the Nuggets can count on that happening? They can say, "Hey, we're hoping that that's our trio, and we're going to find it." some pairing out of that trio the bones ish smith brown trio is that the trio we're referring to yep uh no i think you need an upgrade absolutely um i like the bones highland ish smith fit on offense i don't like it at all on defense it's a terrible defensive lineup <laughs> brown is your third guy there i think you need somebody else i really do well, going back to the delon Wright discussion we had yesterday I thought he'd be the perfect piece if they were to move Monte Morris. Now I think he'd be the absolute perfect piece to slide into that backcourt off the bench, um, potentially next to Bones. I, I think you need another guy. A Caleb or Cody Martin it makes absolute sense there as another piece off the bench to hold that Christian Brown spot for now. Yeah. I just don't think how you can go into next season thinking like Christian Brown is a guy for 15 minutes off the bench. I just don't think you can. Or Ish. I think Ish is a third point. I think that's a great spot for Ish, a third point guard. Depth yeah. plays as they need it, 11th, 12th guy. But I don't think ideally he's solidified in the rotation personally. I think it's more about Bones is in the rotation, so you need to fit Bones. That, like If you had, a different, if yeah, you had yeah. a different guy as your two... I, maybe you could make that work, but I, th that's the thing that would worry me about it. And again, worries me in the playoffs more than the regular sure, season. Sure, like sure. I don't know your backup backcourt is that vulnerable You're to stagger most teams. more this year. We forget that because we saw yeah. five-man benches. So yeah, last yeah I think that that, uh, that answer is good for the regular season when you just got a lot of guys in rotation and you just want to you know, win games. But when it actually like boils down to and then 
a playoff atmosphere or just like games that matter, you're going to need like a, a proven commodity. Like you're going to need someone else that has shown that they can go there and you can rely on them. If you're relying on Brown in his first year, like that, that's just not a, a contending team. Like right. I think that you want him to add pieces and, you know, there to be excitement. But if he's your guy in your rotation that you're relying on, I just don't feel like you did this offseason the correct way. And, you know, what's the point of having that money if you're not going to, you know, make the, the team a little bit better? But also flexibility, right, and avoiding the redundancy and having depth in the right places and the mm-hmm. right skill sets. To your, your guys' point, they nail these pieces. We can sort of maybe quibble over how this all fits together, but they have different options right. to put it together. Well, so then you get to the small forward spot where you talk about, okay, Christian Brown may be there as well as Davon Reed. You know, they're actually the same height. I think Christian Brown is 6'7", listed as 6'7". Uh, Davon Reed's listed as 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I've sized them both up. They look the exact same height to me. Um, so then you go there, and then you got Jeff Green and uh, Zeke Naji as your power forwards with no center. So I look at just how that's set up, and I think Jeff Green, I we have several years of data now to show that Jeff Green's actually bad as a small forward. He's very good as a power forward, and he's actually really good as a center when used there. I don't think Denver wants to use him there. But he's best as a power forward. So I look at that and I go, okay, I don't think you want Christian Brown or Davon Reed to be penciled in as the go-to guy, especially when you factor in that the starting small forward is Michael Porter, a guy who probably plays at best 60 games this year. So to me, when I look at all the spots you need, you need a backup center, but maybe you don't spend a lot of money there. Centers can be pretty cheap as a backup option. But if you're going to spend some of these real assets, it's most likely to me as a 2-3 combo, somebody that is playing those spots. And then aside from that, it's probably as a 1 combo, meaning Bones is more likely to slide over to be the backup point guard, and then you fill it in with a backup 2 defensive 2-3 two, combo, than you are to like a DeLon Wright maybe is more of a 1 who won't ever play sure. the 3. Wind, is this kind of some of the rationale behind the appeal of the Martin Twins to you, that 2.5? Oh, for sure. I think they have ideal I agree. for that bench unit next to Bones and Ish Smith. The Ish Smith thing is <laughs> is interesting. I didn't think we'd be talking about him at this point in the offseason. Um, yeah, I, I think they just need a bigger body that's, you know, a defensive first guy at the three. I just think that's really important. I don't think the bench is complete right now. I really don't, but... I do think they will go out and get something because, look, as soon as this trade went through, you know, I was really told that this had nothing to do with money, even though that was the, you know, quick national narrative that went out there. Uh, It had nothing to do with money. It was about getting Contavious Caldwell Pope first and foremost and improving the defense. And I think they're definitely going to have free reign to go out and add somebody else as well. I think that there's just, like, steps that we're seeing um, for this Calvin Booth new era. Like, I really do think that it's coming in steps. Like, you know, draft night, I feel like they got size, they got defense. You know, after that, you know, they had to answer with, you know, the second, you know, the shooting guard. So now they did that. Then I feel like right now it was, like, about getting under the luxury tax. Now that you have that, you're going to have no choice but to go after a wing and that's what I feel like they'll do. And then maybe the backup um, center comes in last because they are cheaper. But I do think that it's coming in layers, coming in steps um, where they're addressing every single thing. So I think that it's just going to take a while. But I think every single thing is being answered right now. For me, I look at it and I just think that that when you think about where you're going to spend your money on. And again, there's two ways to do this. That traded player exception seems the most, you know, seems like one. And then the taxpayer MLE seems yep. like the other. You know, Cody Martin to me does sound like a perfect one. There's Cody and Caleb. By the way, Cody Cody Martin is the more defensive-minded player. Caleb, the better three-point shooter. Cody, the more like better playmaker and defender. I think Cody is the guy that you probably want a little bit more. Both of them can slide and play small forward, especially in a second unit. Right. Or they can play shooting guard alongside Bones and provide that defense. So to me, it's the perfect type of player that adds that versatility. As we talked about yesterday, they're both restricted free agents. The difficulty is when you go make an offer to a restricted free agent, the team has a time period to respond, to try to match that. You might end up missing out on all of your other players, and then you know Miami or Charlotte matches it, and then you have to go for whatever's left, so it could hurt you. I do think that Denver is better positioned right now to make that type of risk than, than they were before because you've got KCP. You've already got somebody 
in that starting role. So now you're talking about more of a backup role, which is a little diminished. Um, Victor Oladipo is another one that I think is kind of interesting. Again, it's a same uh, similar thing in that there's a real risk with the Victor Oladipo because he's injury prone or what have you. And I also don't know if he wants to come in and be a backup, which is what he would be in Denver. But nonetheless, if you're worried about injury, if he got hurt, you still have pieces. You still have players. He's not. You're not hiring him to be your starter or whatever. And then lastly, Bruce Brown is a guy that I know we talked about just yesterday. We still talked about fitting him into that TPE in a sign-and-trade type deal or in the taxpayer mid-level exception. If you found a way, if Calvin Booth finds a way to get both of those guys, a Bruce Brown and great. a Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you look at that and go, you just added two great defenders. And the most important thing is, I know people are going to absolutely hate this comment, I want Michael Porter Jr. to be good enough defensively that he can close against anybody in a playoff series, but it might not be the case. It might be that you get into a series and you're like, we just need defenders as many as we can get. And you might be able to throw out both of those guys, a Bruce Brown or a Cody Martin and a KCP allowing Murray, Gordon, and Jokic. And and that's why, to me, this final piece is on the table for Denver. They're well positioned to be able to add one of these guys, but they got to do it now. To if, put, go ahead. if you get those type of guys, though, like really, you're looking at this uh, offseason being like a, a A plus. Like the start, I would think so. The start to Calvin Booth's, you know, tenure would be like the greatest that you could see. But also, you know, back to what Vote was saying, like that death was would be incredible. Just having those options, having those guys, and also you could pitch uh, Bruce Brown or Victor Oladipo on. You're coming, you know, off the bench to KCP. They're like, okay, I you know I could work behind that. I, they probably feel like they're going to outplay him at is some Bruce point. Is Bruce Brown better, though, than KCP? That's my question. That's why I said but earlier, like, we were penciling him as a saying. starter. That's what you're saying. You could maybe get Bruce Brown, and then you're looking at that and going, yeah. I don't know, they're kind of comparable players. And they're also, you know that you're going to get your opportunity, you're going to get your chance, and also you could, you could play your way into a bigger contract, you know, right. here or somewhere else. But at least you have that option. Having those type of options, really, it, it answers everything that you ask for. Defense, um, size, um, pedigree, like championship pedigree. Like you answer every everything that you have, but also it just gives those options. So if they're able to pull something like that off, I feel like they should do everything in their power to try to make that you know type of deal happen. But now we're looking at this like, okay, this team is set up for not now, but years down the road. Right. Yeah, to put a bow on it for fans of this show, think Gary P- Payton playing over Jordan Poole. Right. Uh, oh, it's really true. It know, really is true. But, but that yeah. is the dynamic we're talking about. So, no, I I would love that offseason. I see the chats desperate to talk back up big, which is important too. I, Dev, what is your perspective on how important and replaceable a backup center is? It's a hard question to answer. Do you feel like this is something they absolutely need to nail right away? Are there options there? I don't think that you have to nail. You just have to get a guy. Really, I think that it's just such an easy like plug and play. They just got Boogie Cousins, and everyone still loves him. Like, was Boogie good? He was okay. Like, I feel like whoever you put in that second option, they're not going to play a whole bunch of minutes. You just need them to just give Jokic some rest um, on, on some nights. But also, you have to just be a traditional big that can defend those big guys and actually slow guys down because you don't want them to come in and actually, um, you know, play, you know, extremely well because then you don't know what, what's going to happen with, with the Jokic minutes. You're not going to have two bigs out there the entire time. We have saw how that went. So I think that it's pretty easy to have a backup center option. And then also, I think that's why they're waiting so long to try, like, you know, to go with a Boogie Cousins or, or anybody else because they know that that's going to be there. You could just right. throw a guy in there at some right. point. What do you think, Morris? The chat loves Hassan Whiteside, who's probably my least favorite big. I don't understand it. It, like, blows my mind that people still clamor for him. Uh, blocks a lot of shots. But that's a guy, like, he has zero role in a playoff series. Zero. Like, he just can't play, even against some of the worst teams in a playoff series. So... Um, I, and I also just, he's not like a, there's nothing really about him that I would like to bring in. Um, there are names out there though, for backup big. I do think it's an important role. It's tough because in a playoffs, it becomes less. Here's the thing. Yoke just went through an incredibly grueling three-year stretch physically on him. He's playing in Eurobasket. I do think there's something to having a solid backup center who can spell Jokic for large stretches this next year being an important thing. And then I also think it's important to have a different look. 
Now, I don't know how much the Nuggets can do this. They've thro- they've given Michael Malone, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein, who, by the way, is a hot commodity right now. He's probably out of the Nuggets price range. And they've given him JaVale McGee. He didn't really use him. So I don't know what, exactly what it is that Michael Malone is looking for as a backup center. But I do think having a rim protector, defensive-minded center is a smart thing on this roster because it's so different from what Yoke is that it gives you just a different dynamic. Um, by the way, a guy I've, I've said this before, but a guy I really love, Zach Collins, is a guy I know like everybody hates him because he's kind of a like he's an easy guy to hate when he's not on your team. To me, it's the kind of guy that's worth a flyer. He's way better than a backup center and probably way better than what he's going to command coming off of injuries. That's why you get the discount, but it might actually be the perfect like buy low type Speaking guy. Speaking of flyers, what's Isaiah Hartenstein up to? He's going well. He's going. It looks like he's going to go to Orlando. Of, I know. He's and it out also of their looks range like now. he's out of the range. That's the one thing. Also, here's the thing: if you're Isaiah Hartenstein, you keep going to places where the teams like really. I mean, like the Clippers love him. They're just like, I don't know if we can afford you. Aren't you like if Orlando's calling and Denver's calling at the same price? Aren't you like I'm going to Orlando, guys? I did. I'm this just already. going. Like I already went I, there. I did you didn't. This already. You didn't play you me. Didn't I'm play going. Over, they have nobody. I'm going yeah, over there. I'm definitely going to go over there. I know where we're talking about uh, backup centers, but there was a. Uh, um, Houston Rockets did they just denied uh Jay Sean Tate. Mm. Is that like an option or a, a player that Hell comes yeah. available? Jay Sean Tate to me, that's funny because he is also a former nugget. He actually fits this mold that we're talking about as the backup small forward, I think, pretty perfectly. He's very strong, good defender, and like knows his role. So and a rebounder. So like you bring him in, he's the type of guy I think would be a really good add in that spot. I don't know what his price is. What do you think the price is for Jay Sean Tate? Harrison? Very, 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 very low. I mean, he's a, he's a good player though. And he got a lot of minutes. Take the f- I don't think it's going to take the full taxpayer mid level for him. I, yeah. I wouldn't think so. He's um, a good player though. Still potentially great. restricted free agent though. The restricted yeah. free agency part of all of this is going to make it really really tough. I've, I've got, got a center for you guys though. Let's hear oh, it. Talk to I've us. got a center for you guys because the one thing I think the Nuggets or the two things I think the Nuggets want a backup center. I know they want a backup center. They want a guy who's going to be durable and be able to be on the floor. Yeah. They want rim protection. What would you guys think about JaVale McGee? I, I know he was just in Denver, but he just had a great season for the Suns, played in 74 games. His length, his athleticism. Who's this? I, I think JaVale. he'd be a nice fit. He's not coming back, man. Like, Here's the thing. They brought him in to play. They brought JaVale in to play. He didn't play. Like, I just don't think – <laughs> I, I don't see it as a viable option. I would be absolutely stunned if JaVale McGee had a third stint in a Denver Nuggets uniform. What What is the bold, you know, we talked about relative to the MLE Oladipo kind of being the bold play. What's the bold backup center play? Is it Boogie? DeMarcus Cousins, I think the thing with him is, you know, he is in, um who who's a good person to compare him to? Almost like a Gary Harris situation in that he was out the league. He comes in, he's trying to make a name for himself, he's willing to take on a limited role, he wants a big payday. If he ends up on Denver, it's because nobody wanted him. And I think he would be great, by the way, in Denver. I just think that he is looking at his career right now, and this is his last chance. I think he played well enough that teams should look at him and say, hey, it's worth a flyer. He's so good, it's worth a flyer. So I think it would be great to get him. I just Can Denver wait the two weeks it would take for DeMarcus Cousins to be rejected by every other team? Yeah, I don't know if they're available, but like I think that the the center option would be like a Mo Bamba or a Nas Reed. I think that's like going out there and like making I, a big splash. I love Nas Reed, but you know Nas Reed is more of an offensive player than anything. And that's the thing is, because I, I like him now. too. Maybe it works for a second unit. But yeah, but he's it, not that defensive. It, it works guy. with Boogie Cousins when he first got in. Yeah, and just having that option here. that they're going sure. through for uh, All right. offensive. All right, let me say this: Demarcus Cousins is a dynamic offensive player. Mm-hmm. One of the things I worry about is you've given Michael Malone a lot of different types of centers that, in my opinion, all have value, and they haven't played. Nas Reed is not dynamic. He shoots the three. That's honestly what he does. He shoots the three, he can roll a little bit, but he's not dynamic, and I just wonder if it becomes too pigeonholed and if Michael Malone really is almost in some ways, you know, like you've got Jokic, and he's just looking for another Jokic. He had Mason Plumley. Who else played? Plumley, Another guy that could handle Passes and do it and all yeah. this different stuff. So... That would be my worry is does Michael Malone want to have a one-dimensional player as useful as they are at center? I don't know. He hasn't used him yet. It's Tice contract. Tice, another guy that's like this. Although he defends. Tice can defend. So I would feel a little better. Uh, I, would, I would be excited about a, a Tice. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I don't know. I think the center position to me is the spot where you maybe can gamble a little bit more 
and see if you know see what you got i mean like a name people haven't sh- thrown out i don't know how viable it would be either but like a robin lopez he might i mean i don't know what he costs but he's a veteran that can do some thing he's like splitting the difference almost he's kind of mason plumley-esque he can do a bunch of different things hey, in the guard dude tim really likes in division trades maybe he'll just give them walker kessler <laughs> yeah right after the draft yeah. for no reason i to me where harrison if you could have if you could spend the MLE or any of your, or your trade of player exception on one spot, what would it be? Back of small forward. Easily. Easily. Um, I, I know we don't want to have the whole talk about backup center next season, but I mean, back, backup small forward is way more important just because it's I a agree. more important position. And you have the MPJ factor of how is he going to be defensively next season? Is he going to try to play in every game or the Nuggets going to want him to play in every game? With all of those factors coming together, it's definitely back to small forward. I'm with you. I think so. I agree. I think it's definitely and – and I would call it a 2-3 combo um, more than it is like a 3-4 combo. But um, I'm with you. It's right there. What would be second if Denver gets to spend big on two? The only thing they need is a backup center other than that. I mean, the, the point guard position is on lock. Well, that's what, what you just said. Is Smith is not a point guard. So, the part I'm trying to get. I did, I'm, I did not say that. I did not say that. I said he's. I don't like the defensive fit with him and Bones. That's all I said. So does that mean? But what I'm trying to figure out here is okay. Bones is the backup point guard now, and you yep. think they need a backup three? Who's the backup two? Davon. I think Davon could be that guy, but I think okay. they could very well play Ishmith and Bones Highland together. Like, okay, all right, that. okay. Well, yeah. then I guess I misunderstood your argument earlier. So yeah, I was the one who was out on Ish as a. I think he's a third stringer for this team. So if Denver hypothetically rolled into next season with like Ish Smith, Bones Highland, and Jayshon Tate, Zeke Naji, and you know whatever backup center you can kind of fill in there that's can walk and chew gum, is that a good second unit with Brown? Behind him as basically your only other player there that's kind of behind those guys. And Davon yeah. would be behind them as well, yeah. Yeah. You get, you get a backup small forward, one of the guys we talked about. That'd be a home run. And you get a center, um, a rim protector who's athletic, who's durable, and can play. Um, you know, if, if Yoke needs to take a night off or whatnot. Like, that's, that's the equation to, I think, a potential A-level offseason. I mean, I, I do. Would you guys hate Chat's picking it up. You guys know how I feel. What if Austin Rivers is your backup to? Bones, Rivers, Reed, Zeke, and then a backup center. You're still kind of down that backup small forward. I would prefer having one, but oh. just sort of trying to figure out who plays the two. Like, I think Austin he's might good. be. good. He knows what he's doing he, here. He can, and also, away from the Jokic ball thing, more than other bench players, he can just get you two points every now and then. What's the price? Is he the veteran minimum guy and you still have money to spend? I, I kind of like him as the veteran minimum guy. I don't know yeah. if you take it, but, you know, he and Denver have a good relationship. And Malone has sort of stuck with him even on that minimum deal and kept him around. So maybe there's something there. I think it'd be great. And also, uh, you just already comfortable with him. He knows his role. He knows what to expect of him. Um, he was a lot better than, um, you know, what a lot of people think. Um, and also, he's just productive. And he'll be in a, a second unit role where at least it's more solidified for him. There was times last year where he didn't know what, it, you know, what it was for him. He got played out of the rotation and worked himself back in, had some big moments. But having like a solidified role and being that second guy, I think that that would work great. And it also answers that question of who is the backup sh- uh, shooting guard. Right. Let's take one last break. On the other side, I want to throw out a couple other names here um, for trades uh, and then also talk about some of the moves around the league because there were some big moves yesterday uh, around the NBA, including Jalen Brunson, that I think kind of changes the West a little bit in a way that's positive for Denver. Oh, baby. You know what's a big move? Checking out that Breck beer locator. Like, dude, that big, is a big move. Big time move. You and your friends are looking to get some beer. You're like, what kind of beer do you guys want? They're like, obviously, Breck. They say Strawberry Sky. You punch that into the Breck Beer Locator. It tells you where to go. How neat is that? We're in the future, fellas. Check out Breckenridge Brewery and that Mile High City Coppelaga. It's got that neat uh, Nuggets theme there. You, you, you can't miss it. It's beautiful. It tastes great. And it goes down great while watching the Denver Nuggets. And watching the Denver Nuggets can be kind of hard to do sometimes, which is why I like to pair my Mile High City Coppelagas with Ivaca TV because they keep the Nuggets on my TV regardless of what the ownership owners are fighting about or quabbling or squabbling over is squabbling or quibbling 
whatever. Ivaca TV gets the people going. It gets the nuggets and the avs and the mammoth on your TV. Uh, it gets DNVR on your TV. We've got a channel. So check them out. How do you get it? You go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's evoca.tv slash DNVR. Then you use promo code DNVR. They'll give you $10 off your first three months. So that's only $15 per month for the first three months plus receiver. No contract, no hidden fees. Evoca TV, check them out. And we are back. Um, wrapping, rounding out here the day before free agency begins. Um, I, will, I, will, I do want this just to be very clear so that people are not confused. The Denver Nuggets shed salary in this trade. They tr their tax bill has become lowered because of this trade. If they don't make moves that that sort of elevate that again, if they don't use their MLA, they don't use their traded player exception, they end up rounding out an what we feel is an incomplete roster, totally changes the complexion of this. So I want to make that clear. I know some people have said this was just that move. It was just doing this. I don't believe that. If that ends up to be true, I you know what? I'll eat the crow and I'll sure, say, hey, sure. no, I no longer like this move. I just think Denver is set up to complete the roster. And, and to do that, they'll have to spend some more money and get that salary cap sheet back up into the tax and well into it. So I just want that caveat out there because I don't want anybody thinking I'm like excited for the Cronkies sure, to sure. save money. Like I don't care. I want them to spend money. Uh, I just think that they're going to um, with their final piece here. Um, a name that when I looked at the trade market, this is such a th this isn't going to happen but it's the guy that I actually think might be the perfect piece for the Nuggets in that second unit. Kevin Durant. It was Kevin Durant but it, it was somebody else as well. Kenny Hustle. My guy Kenrich Williams who's just wasting away over Let's OKC. <laughs> Former Nuggets find. We talk about you've got Bones Highland, you got Christian Brown maybe waiting in the leagues, you got Davon Reed. You need that 2-3 combo. Kenny Hustle is that guy to me. He can Kenny shoot a Hustle. little bit. Guard every single position, super smart. And when you talk about if you again, if either Michael Porter's not available or you get into a series where you need def no defensive liabilities, Kenny Hustle's one thousand percent a guy you could throw out there alongside KCP and the rest of the starters and say, boom, we're covered. We got smart defenders at all positions and guys that aren't total liabilities to where you're just leaving them wide open. Um, he's making. He's got one year left, two million dollars. I don't have a clue what the hell Oklahoma City is doing, so I have no idea if he's useful he to him this year. He can't be in their plans. What are, <laughs> I have what? no idea what they want, man. <laughs> I have no look. I have no idea what they want. He's the most win now marginal piece in the league, and he he's just on the hardest tanking squad. In the so here's one other thing I'll throw out there because I really like Zeke Naji, and I actually think he means something to the Nuggets. Like I think he's the type of player, but it is a risk. Jeff Green is a known commodity. Is there any world where you would make like a Zeke Naji trade that you would trade him because you have Jeff Green already there that just slots into his spot and maybe it gets you a, again, a Kenrich Williams caliber player, which is to say it's not sexy, but it is a guy that is going to fill an immediate championship need. I would do it immediately. I really would. Um, just because I think that uh, Kenny Hustle also, you could put him at the, the three spot. <laughs> it goes, doesn't it? It's you can good. put him at the three spots uh, as well. And also, he truly does understand his role. Like, um, he, he's a backup. He's always been that. Um, but he's also so locked in defensively. He's also such a high IQ player that would just fit the Nuggets, like, uh, mantra, like, completely. Right. Um, under the radar, rotate the ball, knock down shots when they come your way, and also just want to outwork every single time. Like, this is, like, the perfect type of fit that you would have um, for Nugget Squad. And also, you put him in that second unit, that just enhances it completely. And also, at times, you could put him with the starters, and, and there's not going to be a drop-off at all. So, um, you want to talk about a team getting better without having to spend a lot? That's like a, a, a perfect situation where he's not a part of their, their future with Oklahoma City, and they keep getting younger. That's a pitch for him. So, I think that that would be a great role. And you'd be able, hopefully, to retain him in the following yeah. year. It's always easier to re-sign your own players than it is to attach you know, new ones. So, if you got him here, even though it's a one-year deal, you like the way he fits. He could be a backup piece for the Nuggets for the entirety of this run. And I know Wind is desperate to keep Jeff Green around at all costs. So, <laughs> I know he's in on that Look, one. Jeff Green <laughs> is not a long-term piece, but if you just told me next year, like he can play next year as a power forward. No, for sure. For sure. Off the bench, too. Again, By the way, Kenny Hustle, rebounder. And you're going to need that alongside Jeff Green, not a rebounder. Again, with all, virtually all of these guys, I mean, obviously the two biggest are gone now, but we're talking about a reduction of role from when we've seen them last. Right. You know, so Jeff Green was not up to that challenge, but this is a very different challenge. There's got to be something going on with Kenny Hustle in Oklahoma City. 
Like, why hasn't he gotten traded? Yet? Why is Maybe he still he there? Loves fishing and chicken fried steak, and just doesn't want to leave. Like, I'll that, take that's him, the I'll only take him reason fishing. I can think of. I'll take him fishing. Hey, Paul George liked fishing. He got out of there real quick. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, he loved fishing, man. Uh, what do you think about that win? Because the the Zeke Naji thing is one of these like, it's so tough. I love his fit. I love what he is. But there is this idea of like, if he has a great year next year, he's priced out of Denver. If he has a bad year next year, you're like, why didn't we trade him when he still had value? You're almost hoping that Zeke has a medium year next year if you're Denver, if you're holding on to him. You're almost hoping he's just kind of good, kind of what he has been, but no better or worse, which is a weird place to be. So part of me wonders, is that? do you feel like that's a crazy value play if you were to lose a Zeke to get a Kenny Hustle whose ceiling is super low? His name's Kenrich Williams, Chad, if you're confused. Kenrich <laughs> Williams. That's my guy, just Kenrich Williams. One time. Yeah. Normally, I'd say yes, because, look, Zeke Naji, you spent a first-round pick on him. He's entering his third season. He really hasn't gotten a chance yet. This next season could be his real shot at showing what he can do in the rotation. But, you know, in a year where their championship or bust and you had front office turnover where Calvin Booth wasn't the guy who drafted Zeke Naji, Tim Connolly was. So. With both of those things and both of those factors, Good I wonder point. if, you know, if they actually viewed Kenrich Williams as that guy, like maybe they would be willing to move off of Zeke Najee. When in the past, they definitely wouldn't. I do think the Nuggets are in a weird spot with Zeke, just in that, like I said, if he's too good, like we all project him to be a, a three-point shooter, elite three-point shooter, a good de- perimeter defender, better perimeter defender than interior, actually. Um, and that's kind of his traits. Teams need that kind of guy. And if he's too good at it, are teams going to throw him some pretty big offers here? Has Denver kind of got their hands tied? Or they get, do they get into a weird spot? I mean, that's a good problem to have, though, right? It's a great problem to have, but it's also great to cash in players now right. if, to, if at that moment yep, yep, and yep. then be able to get a guy that maybe, is, again, is unsexy. But the Nuggets are entering an era where they need unsexy players. They need For guys sure. that you can retain and you can hold on to and you could uh, and you know you can go through these steps with and and Kenrich Williams might be that type of guy. So just a thought I had. Um, I don't know that Natis Steibel would be the other name that you look at here. He's got one year left at four and a half million. <laughs> His stock has really lowered. What's, what's, what's Sorry, what? chat figuring out that win married into money. That's 100 not true. <laughs> I don't know. All of a sudden, you're well, a state senator now. State <laughs> senator Harrison Wood, um, opposed to the other kind. Undisclosed location is all I'm saying. We don't we don't know where this location is. Um, Matisse Thybulle is another name here. I don't know that you want to spend a Zeke Naji there. Part of me, it's funny. Every time I've been looking at Matisse Thybulle trades or anything with Denver, I keep going like, I don't want to make Philly better. <laughs> like I, I know, man. And I, I look at Zeke Naji and I'm like, man, that's a perfect fit. He doesn't have to do anything on offense, but the, stand in the corner the, and make three. Dude, though. we also got a. The Matisse Tybal thing, like I think he's very helpful, but this is a, a very good case too of in your respective team bubbles. Right. Talk to any Sixers fan right now. Nine out of ten, ten, ten of them are like you. But can they, ha- but they need have some, him, of course. But they need something else as part of what's here. I don't know that you could get him for any other asset the Nuggets has. Maybe they could do like a second round pick and use one of these exceptions to take him on. So maybe you can do it without a player. the The spot is in Philadelphia. You just need to be able to stand still and shoot. In Denver, that's not as important. Like Denver's going to be able to score even without that, and he does provide that elite defense. So, sure, it's a different situation. I so get it. maybe he's a little I bit better. It. You're right that it's not about spending tons of assets. It's just, do you need that his perimeter containment more than you need Zeke Naji's three point shooting? It's a tough question. I don't know. I want them to be like um, a better defensive team. I don't want them to be all defense all the time. I just don't want it. So add in a, a Tybo who's going to be played off of the floor in the playoffs is he, he possibly he, all right I, hold on here let me ask you a question i think next to Jokic, he is uh you think he's played off the playoffs tybal is i don't yeah. here's the thing if you give me a lineup that's jamal murray michael porter jr and Jokic, you could throw out there kcp and kcp who can shoot by the way and have tybal out there you're covered that offense is something even if you put aaron gordon take michael porter off the court i still think you're going to be able to do all right look at what denver did to golden state the number one defense in the nba and they put up a 113 offensive rating on them in the playoffs i just look at that and i go i don't think tybal you add tybal but you also add murray and porter i'm sorry the offense is still scoring 113 i just feel like the sixers had that exact same thought and idea but they don't have Jokic; they have Embiid, who's different Jokic is Jokic is changing the way that like 
here's what they're going to do in Philly. They're going to ISO James Harden. They're going to ISO uh, Joel Embiid. And they're going to have three guys that stand still like this, which is what they had this year. Mm -hmm. That's not what Denver does. Denver moves pieces around. They create switches. They force you to guard. So that's why I think it's going to be different. Totally it's hard. Different. It's, totally it's definitely harder. Yep. But I don't know that it's going to lower their offensive rating any well, in the playoffs. My only pushback is just it's not just sometimes the perspectives get a little warped. Like, it's not like Philly is has a first-team All-NBA defensive player that they just want to get rid of for free. Right. There, there's give and take to having What about this roster. one? What if it was Jeff Green? Not not Zeke Nagy, but Jeff Green for Matisse Thybul. I, I will order the limousine. Do you like... Do you, what about you, Harrison? Mat Jeff Green for Matisse Thybul. Yes. Yeah, I, I think you probably do it. Um, like, I know I'm painted as a Jeff Green hater, but I think he's a good regular season player. I think he's he's valuable to eat up minutes in the regular season. You just need an innings eater at the forward spot at times, and, you know, that's what Jeff Green is. But I'm with you, Adam, on Tybal. Like, he would have a totally different feel to him if he was in Denver and not Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the absolute worst fit for his skill set and or his lack of a skill set on offense. It's, it's the worst situation for him. You put him in the Jokic ball system, you put him like in the dunker spot on offense or cutting from the opposite wing off of, you know, Jamal Murray, like he could be playable, I think. Yeah. Um, pe people just look at Tybo and look at his situation in Philly, and he was set up to fail there with how that team runs offense. So That's a good point. I, I think he'd be okay in denver on offense he'd be unbelievable defensively he, he's an unbelievable elite defender i just want to make sure that we i would like tybo if it was for jeff green <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not there, saying that. i don't want anyone to think that he, i'm just like he thinks that jeff green is better but not than, for no. zeke I would probably maybe do it for Zignaji, but I just don't think that they're going to do it for just something that right. simple. If it was for that, you do it in a heartbeat. They would have already done that if it was that simple. Um, but I just – I really don't see – I just don't think that he would make Denver better. I think that it would be easy to to zone them in, in a, a setting that he's in, in the playoffs. That, I, that's it. I like Adam's angle, man, like. My biggest fear would be, is, does Zeke Nagy help them? That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you send them like, a three-point shooter who like, can guard oh, the perimeter. better now? Shit. Yeah, I know. I'd hate yeah. it. Zeke Nagy is actually almost an ideal fit next mm -hmm. to Joel Embiid, so it's kind of a bummer to give him something like that if you were. Jeff Green, on the other hand, maybe not as much. I don't know. I like Jeff Green, but I'm with you guys. He's more expendable, I think, to Denver's case. It wouldn't make Denver really young. Real quickly, I want to run through some of these other moves um, that have happened. Jalen Brunson, guys. Long been rumored to be going to the New York Knicks. Shout out. The, the New Knicks. York Knicks are always the wild card where you're like, every front office goes into the offseason thinking, are we safe? Are we exposed? What's going to happen? And then I'm sure Dallas looks at the Knicks, even though there were rumors of Jalen Brunson wanting to go to the Knicks. Well, like, they're not going to clear a hundred million. But they're not going to do they're not going right. to do all this just to get Jalen Brunson. Well, sure enough, million? they're going to give him this monster, basically like all-star point guard caliber contract. But here's the thing. Losing your own players in free agency is the worst thing that can happen to you because it's hard to backfill that. The way the salary cap works, it's like a balloon that expands, and once you lose it, it contracts again, and you almost have to start over. I'm not saying Dallas is done next year, but Dallas being a title contender next year, the way they were kind of a fringe contender this year, just got a lot harder if Jalen Brunson really is gone in free agency, in my opinion. And that's a big deal for Denver. And Tim Hardaway Jr. could be out as well because it's getting tight financially. And it's not that he's a great player, but he's a good player. And just like the Brunson thing, it, that's not a trade. They're just losing a good player. Right. The, the Dallas just got worse. I just don't know how. Does Dallas really want Brunson that bad? They don't. That's why they're going to let him go. It's not smart for them to be able to like retain him in that way. But it's beyond the point of... But that's the thing is the Knicks put them in position to have to lose their guy. They didn't want him for that. It, by the way, a lesson for everybody on Bones, because the same thing is going to happen to Bones. When Bones is up for a contract, if he gets to restricted free agency, it's going to be one of those things where some team is going to offer him more than what Denver anticipates because point guards mm -hmm. are... like. You, everybody's going to talk themselves into... If you could talk yourself into Jalen Brunson being an all-star, you could talk yourself into Bones Highland being an all-star. Sure. Absol Dude, absolutely. But the, the, the Brunson thing... Go ahead, Wind. You talk. I was going to say, what's so great about the Knicks is I, I genuinely feel like most of the league has very smart front offices, but you can always rely on the Knicks and the Kings. New regime. 
That New regime guy. in the Knicks. By the way, I, people don't know this. It's Leon Rose's group out there, and the whole thing, World Wide West out there, the whole thing is the Knicks like hired this new group, kind of like trying to copy the L.A. Lakers model of we've got all the big agents. Their Rolodex is the biggest in the NBA. All the free agents are going to want to come to us now. We're going to get stars. We're star hunters because stars look at us and they want to. Jalen Brunson is the answer. That's their star. Like It's just <laughs> wild that the Knicks That's have... Talk about, we're, we're learning that as a front office, you really have to sell your fan base. You have to prepare them. That's why the Nuggets said they're going to be bold. Yeah. We'll see. The, the Knicks, Knicks said we're going to get stars. To, uh, the Knicks were supposed to be able to get all these stars, and they even just had to hire Jalen Brunson's dad. <laughs> the Knicks have been rumored to every to big name for like the last decade. Tw- two and, decades, uh, yeah. Two dec- and they get nobody. Really. Well, you know, they get one guy, they get Carmelo. Well, and Julius Randle. I don't, do you guys want to just see it? I'm from New York or New Jersey. New York area is what I mean. Excuse me, New Yorkers. I'm from New Jersey. But I, I know a lot of Knicks fans. And I just want everyone in this chat to know they are handling this precisely how you think and hope they It is a full-on meltdown. They hate their lives. And they're going to watch every game next season because they can't help themselves. Uh, Tim Conley has re-signed Torrey and Prince on a deal. I know he was a guy that a lot of Nuggets we're hoping could maybe try to be snagged up. He will be staying Prince staying in Minnesota. Very fitting. And then lastly, the piss note note here. I have will Hardy hired as the head coach of the Utah jazz. Um, this is an interesting one. The youngest coach in the NBA, he'll be 34 years old, younger than me, just a wee lad. Um, really interesting. So he was an assistant for Ime Adoku at with the Celtics outside the box. Creative thinker supposed to be really, really bright. Um, it's, these type of young hires are always boom or bust. Who knows what's going on with Utah? But it's just something to monitor. You know, you got a young coach in Chris Finch now in the division. You got a young coach in Chauncey Billups in the division. You have a young coach in Daynot in the division. Now you have a young coach in Hardy. I think Michael Malone's the oldest coach in the Northwest Division, which is <laughs> wild to think about. He's not even that old of a guy. But some of these guys are going to hit, some of them are going to bust, but it's just something to want to monitor that they hired um, a guy that they believe is going to be their Nick Nurse. They're like forward-thinking, creative guy. We'll see if it plays out that way, but I thought it was interesting. Um, all right. Let's uh, hit these super chats, Kale. I got to bounce. I got a guy waiting for me outside. You got a guy waiting for you? <laughs> I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen a drug deal in a long time. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> We're on Colfax. All right. What are, <laughs> I, I can chat. slide into the third chair for this one. All right, we got undisclosed location. We've got an appointment. What do we got? What do we have here? Um, can y'all talk about big man off the bench? I feel like I haven't seen anyone mention a free agent trade targets. I'm happy to see Dev again. Uh, we, I think we probably sent that in a little bit before we got to it. appreciate the super chat. Um, we did mention some of those names, Collins. I do think some of the guys that are going to be available are not going to be big names. That's the one spot that I feel like... <laughs> Do you get a Tony Bradley? Like, is it something like that where it's just like a guy? You know, is it just a guy that you have out there as an option? It's possible. Um, maybe upside. Like I said, I, li- I like Zach Collins. Thank you for the super chat also. Also, when is the ceremony for the new Mr. Nugget? Can I tell you something? We go on thednvr.com. We did a roundtable today. I put a hot take. I'm not going to share it on here about who should or should not be the next Mr. Nugget. I just planted a seed. What I will say is, I think that spot holds. There's a vacancy. We're not going to name this immediately. We gotta, we gotta ease in. We'll have some conversations. The council's going to have to meet. We're going to present some cases. We'll see who rises to the order of Mr. Nugget. Hopefully, we come out with a video, like when we actually Man, put it together. Maybe I think we might. Be crazy. I think we might. Um, Ray says. Breaking bad vote? <laughs> Maybe, man. That's what it seems I, like. I kind of felt like that. He's got a, he said he's got to meet a guy. Maybe somebody's chasing no him. No one ever says that. They, they explain what's happening. He could have said, I was locked out of my car, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He said, I have to meet a guy. I have to meet a, a guy. guy. I have to meet you a guy. You don't want to give the name? Like, man, come on, man. What the hell is that? A guy is waiting for me outside. What are we doing here? He's going to come back with a black eye. (laughs) (laughs) Worried about vote. What else do we have? I understand the need for aggressive change, but locker room culture team cam is just as important as on the floor needs. Monte will be hugely missed. I think so too. Um, But also I think that they got a lot of high character guys like back um, in this type of situation. There's not, there's not Ishmith has been on the most teams like ever. There's not bad, you know, Ishmith type of feels. We 
KCP, like teammates have always enjoyed him. LeBron has pushed for him to get the biggest contracts ever. Like people love him. Um, the new guys that they brought in, like those are high character guys. Monte Morris is good for a lot of, you know, the the small things. He has a connection to every single person in the league and they're going to miss him um, for that, you know, type of uh, component. But there's going to be another Mr. Nugget and there's some on the team already that I feel like uh, I know a guy. I know a guy. Why is everyone looking at me like that? What the hell's going on? Listen, sometimes, no, I locked myself out of my own car, so a somebody, guy, somebody, a guy, a guy, a guy came to let me. Oh, in. just a guy. He had like a little, little Jimmy. Guy. He was a guy. He got it. Got it. All right. I know a guy. You know a guy. I knew a guy. You know a guy that breaks in the cars when you need him to. That's right. <laughs> this is a, this is amazing. Uh, any Harrison, anything from your undisclosed location? The chat was asking for it. I got to give my official ruling. Uh, KCP is 70% basketball player, 30% hoop. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ish Smith? Definitely more of a hooper. That's right. I'd say maybe 80 20 hooper, actually. He'd probably wow. destroy an open gym. He probably would. Oh He's so God, quick. Just way faster than everyone else. All right, everybody. That does it for today. We are going to be back tomorrow. Big day. We're going to be at the Avalanche Parade, first of all, first and foremost. Then in the afternoon, we're going to be back right here in these seats covering maybe tomorrow, guys. The Nuggets' entire roster will be complete. Maybe as early as tomorrow night by the time we do the show. It's probably going to be a night show. I'm not sure yet. Six or seven. Probably leaning a little bit more towards seven. Um, so set your watches. It'll be an evening show. We'll see everybody then. See you at the parade. Go Lots abs. of content on the website. That's the